My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful, my Immaculate Mother. St. Joseph, my Father, Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. This Sunday's Gospel speaks to us about prayer. Our Lord gives one of these parables which teaches us about prayer. And these are always very important to pay attention to because it's Jesus Christ, true God and true man, who is telling us how to relate to God, how to speak to God, what our attitude should be. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said there was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And so what lessons, Lord, are you wanting to get across to us? What lessons, Lord, should we take away from this parable? Well, the first and perhaps most obvious one is persistence in prayer. The Holy Spirit inspires Luke to describe that as the introduction to this parable, what the parable's about. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary, to pray always constancy and, and to pray perseveringly without becoming weary, weary persistence. And also, I think, just from the content, intensity, right? This judge becomes afraid of this woman. And it's probably not just because she comes a lot, but because with the vehemence, right, with which she shows up. The intensity of her petitions. And this is important for us, Lord, that when we pray, we are very clear about what we want and how much we want it what it means to us. And we show that clarity to God and to ourselves, right? That this is what I want and this is how bad I want it. With persistence and with intensity, perseverance. And to those obvious points from the introduction and the parable itself, our Lord adds perhaps the most important one, which is confidence. Right, if this judge 
gives in to this woman because of fear and being annoyed, threatened, at least implicitly, lest she finally come and strike me. Well, Jesus says, how much more will God not secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? Christians, we are the chosen ones of God. We're his sons and daughters. And God gives good things to his children. He wants to give good things to his children. He wants to vindicate us. I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done to them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will you find trust, Lord? Will you find faith? Will you find trust? Will you find confidence in your plan, in your goodness? And that's up to us. The grace is there to trust our Lord. The grace is there to trust you, Lord. Will he find faith on earth? Does he find it in me, right? Do I pray with confidence? And that confidence in the goodness of God, obviously, if you, it's an interesting passage, right? Because it doesn't take away the need for prayer or even perseverance in prayer. There's a tension here, right? Jesus says, will he be slow to answer them? And the answer, the obvious answer to that is no, right? God will quickly answer his chosen ones when they ask, ask for good things. But nevertheless, the whole point of the parable, the explicit point is the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. And so just because we have confidence in God, we pray with confidence, doesn't mean that there won't be times where we have to persevere in prayer and God delays in answering, at least in the way that we want to be answered. So our confidence, Lord, in the Father, our confidence in you doesn't at all take away the necessity, the need for prayer. It doesn't take away the struggle of prayer to keep praying when God delays, when he doesn't answer things right away. The confidence, rather, imbues that prayer, no matter how long and persevering it has to be. It imbues it with the power of faith, right? That, okay, I know God loves me. I know God is listening to me. I know God is going to answer my prayers. I know he's answering them right now, perhaps not in the way that I'm asking for, but in some way. I'm praying to God, and I know that God is all-powerful, that he's my Father, that he loves me. So I keep praying. This parable, and I think the other parables on prayer, they all have a kind of one theme, which is very important for us, or one basic message that runs through them, which is that prayer works. God hears and responds to our prayers. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. But I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search or seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Lord, help me to believe this once again. That you're real, and you love me, and you respond to my prayers, all my prayers, and my prayers of petition. If prayer works, am I the level of my faith in God and my faith in the power of prayer 
is measured very directly by how much I actually pray for things. How much do I actually pray for the things that I want? For the people and the concerns that cause me anxiety or worry? How much do I pray for the things that make me lose my peace, right? Like this woman is like, that was unjust. This is, I need my rights secured by this judge. And she's, you know, she's lost her peace. And so she keeps going to this guy until she gets justice. How much do I pray, Lord, for the people that I know need prayer and for the intentions that I know need prayer and for myself? And I know very clearly that I need prayer. How perseveringly, how intensely. We were building the new building at the boys' school last year. And like all construction, it was delayed for various reasons. But the boys could see the, you know, the building. And, and so the headmaster was encouraging the boys to pray for the approvals and to pray for the completion of the, of the building. And one third grader asked them one day, he said, hey, when's that building going to be ready for us? <laughs> and the headmaster looked at the little boy and said, well, how many Hail Marys have you prayed? And the boy, without batting an eye, said, well, I haven't played any Hail Marys. <laughs> like, what are you, I'm supposed to pray for that? And perhaps sometimes that's us, right? We want something, we worry about it, and we really don't pray for it that much, if at all. I haven't prayed any Hail Marys. Padre Pio famously said, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. And sometimes I think that uh, pious people like us, more or less, there's a sneaky trick, I think, that can happen to people is that we mistake worry for prayer. And so we think, oh, because I'm worried about something and because I'm, you know, I need something and it's bothering me, I must be praying for it and nothing is happening. So God is not listening to my prayer. And it's a, it's, it's a good basic question. Well, how much am I actually praying for the things that make me worry? How much do I actually address God, right? Address God and Our Lady specifically for specific intentions, for specific needs, First of all, my mental prayer. Lord, I need this. Lord, help this person. Lord, this situation in the world. Lord, this confusion. Lord, these people who are suffering in this way from this crazy way of thinking or this unjust situation here or there. This decade of the rosary is for this intention. This person, this mass, right, offered for this intention. I'm praying for these people today explicitly at mass or in my mental prayer or 
in the rosary. Lord, how much do I actually do that or how much do I just think I do it because I care or I'm bothered or whatever? Prayer works. Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The first reading is very expressive of this from the book of Exodus. In those days, Amalek came and waged war against Israel. Moses, therefore, said to Joshua, Pick out certain men, and tomorrow go out and engage Amalek in battle. I will be standing on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him. He engaged Amalek in battle. After Moses had climbed to the top of the hill with Aaron and Hur. As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better of the fight. Moses' hands, however, grew tired, so they put a rock in place for him to sit on. Meanwhile, Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Very graphic image. And if you were an observer at this battle, and just looked up to this mountain and saw these three guys up there, you'd be like, that's kind of weird. What are they doing? And you couldn't tell that it had anything anything to do with the, the outcome of the battle. The give and take between those two forces fighting it out on the field. And yet in God's plan, the power of Moses' prayer, the power of prayer in general, It was essential. What they were doing was essential, even though they weren't on the field fighting. It was more important. It was more decisive. And Lord, this is you for us. In heaven, our Lord is like Moses, and he's not holding up his hands, but he's showing the Father his wounds. He's become a prayer of intercession because of the the, cross and the resurrection, the ascension. And Lord, this is us for others, whether we realize it or not, or whether they realize it or not, in the communion of the saints, our prayer matters and our prayer is essential. Now, perhaps we've had that experience of telling someone that we've been praying for them and they're very appreciative because they've been going through a tough time and because they haven't despaired and because things have gotten a little bit better. And just because they have faith and they realize that, hey, that matters, that makes a difference. You've won grace for me. Thank you for praying for me. And Lord, in this modern world of ours, postmodern, post-postmodern, 
whatever you want to call it. Well, it's very easy to get self-centered, right? Um, it's all about how I'm feeling and how I'm doing and, you know, my diet and my exercise and my social media and my Netflix account, right? Who's watching? Me. I'm watching. <laughs> um, right? And we can kind of forget that, no, we, people are depending on just prayer, you know, that we are faithful to our prayer, that we pray for them. And we're depending on you, Lord. We're depending on, on our faith in you. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will, do people still trust me? Look, not on their sins, but on the faith of your church. I lift up my eyes towards the mountain, Psalm 121, tomorrow's responsorial psalm. When shall help come to me? My help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. May he not suffer your foot to slip. May he slumber not who guards you. Indeed, he neither slumbers nor sleeps, the guardian of Israel. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your shade. He is beside you at your right hand. The sun shall not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will guard you from all evil. He will guard your life. The Lord will guard your coming and your going, both now and forever. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. Prayer works. Prayer makes a difference. It works for others, Lord, and it works for us. And like the Israelites were depending on the prayer of Moses, well, my family, my friends, my co-workers, everyone in my life, depending on my prayer. Persevere in prayer, our Father writes in the way. Persevere in prayer. Persevere even when your efforts seem sterile. Prayer is always fruitful. Pray always. Do not lose heart. And in the forge, we read that point, which has probably struck us before. To pray is the way to keep all the evils we suffer in check. Lord, is this my basic reaction, right, to the things that are bothering me personally, the things I need, the things I need and I know that I need to grow in? Is this my basic reaction for my friends, my coworkers, people who I know are in difficult situations, family situations, personal situations, health situations? There's so much to pray for. Thank you, Lord, for giving me so many people to pray for. Instead of feeling overwhelmed by it, help me to use it to stay close to God and to trust in God and to love others. Prayer is the easiest way to, to grow in charity. And if I feel like, Lord, my heart is shrunk sometimes and really focused on myself, which it is, 
Oh, it's not like I have to, you know, do some sort of 40-day retreat to, to start. I can just start praying for, <laughs> praying for people more, caring more by praying for them. And it fixes our relationship with God. This is a, it's an amazing uh, series of paragraphs in the Catechism of the Catholic Church about prayer petition. The vocabulary of supplication in the New Testament is rich in shades of meaning. This is 2629 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The vocabulary of supplication in the New Testament is rich in shades of meaning. Ask, beseech, plead, invoke, entreat, cry out, even struggle in prayer. Its most usual form, because the most spontaneous, is petition. By prayer of petition, we express awareness of our relationship with God. We are creatures who are not our own beginning, not the masters of adversity, not our own last end. We are sinners who as Christians know that we have turned away from our Father. Our petition is already a turning back to Him. And so our Lord, Lord, you in your parables are always uniting petition with confidence in God. When you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, and then there's like seven petitions of the Our Father that follow. To ask God is also implicitly to recognize our relationship with God. And that's what heals us. To remember, Lord, who we are for you and who you are for us. And even if that's not the content of the prayer, implicitly that's what we're doing. We're, we're saying, Lord, we need you. We need you for this. We need you for that. Because you're God, right? And we're just a creature. And you're our Father. And we're just your children. And we're sinners. And you're our Redeemer, our merciful Father, forgives us. Our petition is already a turning back to Him. 2631. The first movement of the prayer of petition is asking forgiveness, like the tax collector in the parable, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It is a prerequisite for righteous and pure prayer. A trusting humility brings us back into the light of communion between the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and with one another, so that we receive from Him whatever we ask. Asking forgiveness is the prerequisite for both the Eucharistic liturgy and personal prayer. And as we just read from the Forge, the prayer is the way to cut back or to keep in check all the evils that we suffer. And what's the what's the really only evil that we suffer? Well, it's the sin, right? And the consequences of sin. And this is what people need the most is conversion, is to trust God and his mercy, to convert, to be headed to heaven, to be safe in God's grace. And so to Lord, to ask this for ourselves, to ask this for others in different ways. Forgive us our trespasses. We pray many times a day in the Our Father for ourselves, for others. Forgive us our trespasses. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. The Jesus prayer at that act of contrition, Lord Jesus, 
Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Many people pray the chaplet of divine mercy for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And so when we pray, Lord, for people's health and for people's family situations and for people's economic hardships and for peace in the world, well, let's not forget salvation, right? That people's relationship with God be restored, which is what really heals them and heals the world and makes people secure and safe because they're going to heaven, right? They, they're safe with God. They're okay with God. And then once we're okay with God, right, all the other neuroticism, <laughs> chaos, in our life and the lives of others, right, well, it has a chance of, be, of, of being healed, right, that first things first, we put first things first, our relationship with God, well, then everything else kind of shakes down into its proper order, at least as a chance to. 2632, Christian petition is centered on the desire and search for the kingdom to come in keeping with the teachings of Christ. There is a hierarchy in these petitions. We pray first for the kingdom, then for what is necessary to welcome it and cooperate with its coming. This collaboration with the mission of Christ and the Holy Spirit, which is now that of the church, is the object of the prayer of the apostolic community. Thy kingdom come, right? The first petition of the Our Father will after, hallowed be thy name, that God be glorified, that his kingdom come. And what is your kingdom, Lord, except precisely that, the reconciliation of God and man, of the sons and daughters of God with their merciful Father. And then that we get on board, right? The collaboration with the mission of Christ and the Holy Spirit is the object of the prayer of the apostolic community. That we become, Lord, like Moses for others, that our prayer becomes a source of power and strength for others. Our prayer and our example. Prayer is the most powerful weapon a Christian has. Again, our Father, St. Jose Maria. Prayer is the most powerful weapon a Christian has. Prayer makes us effective. Prayer makes us happy. Prayer gives us all the strength we need to fulfill God's commands. Yes, your whole life can and should be a prayer. And yet we're like that kid, right? I haven't prayed any Hail Marys. What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? And so it's not just praying Hail Marys or coming to the Mass or bringing people to our mental prayer, but our whole life can and should be a prayer. Who am I doing this hour of work for? Who am I getting out of bed for? Who am I denying myself, thing? Who am I denying myself something at this meal for? Who am I skipping this meal for? Who am I exercising for? Who am I in the car? Our whole life can and should be a prayer. And at all moments, we could be like Moses said giving strength to the to the people on the battlefield, the people who need it the most. We go to Our Lady. Prayer in Our Lady is a prayer so full of confidence. Never was it known. Never was it known. The Memorari says that those who go to her fly to her protection, seek her help, intercession, that they're left unanswered, but she always answers. 
Our Lady, our Mother, help us to go to you, to fly to you, and to go to God in the way that our Lord wants, with confidence, with persistence, and with the intensity of this of this widow in the parable. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.